Hello, everyone. Flobo Boys here, and this is another edition of Draped in Gold. And first of all, I want to thank everyone that listens to the show on the audio version. We're talking the Spotify, the, the Apple podcast. You guys really encourage us, my co-host Jack Farmer and I, to make this show happen every week. Now, I'm actually recording this Friday morning, and it is a lifetime from NXT TakeOver 36 and NXT on Tuesday. And the reason being for that is that we record our shows in the United States, and in the United States, we are at the mercy of Peacock. They're the digital partner for WWE content, and with that comes NXT UK. So on Thursday, August 26th, the show did not upload on time. It wasn't an hour late. It wasn't two hours late. It was five hours late. And of course, once we go live to recap NXT UK minutes after it stopped airing, we couldn't do the show. It was just, it just, we couldn't wait five hours to do the show and have other things to do. But I really want to talk about NXT UK. I do feel that those people that do listen to this show are really more NXT UK fans. So I'll give a little bit recap of what happened this week on NXT UK. Uh, but before I do that, to say that we are not doing NXT stuff anymore, we're just doing a little bit of a short episode. So I appreciate you guys for sticking with us, even though it was out of our hands, it was Peacock or someone at Peacock with the Peacock app not uploading this week's episode of NXT UK in the United States. Apparently, the WWE Network aired the show on time for international markets, but we got the worst end of that deal. Uh, if you guys haven't already uh, and you do like listening to the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really appreciate that. That's what helps us to grow. And even though NXT prime the american version is where most people watch it's really the uk fandom is what keeps us going so thank you so much we're just a bunch of uh, yanks here <laughs> i love that brand and before i even get into the, what happened on thursday just want to say I'm so glad that more fans got to see Walter Dragunov at NXT TakeOver 36. I was grumpy, you know, I was on a couple weeks ago on the show, I said, oh man, you know, NXT UK has to grow. Why do they do all the big matches on American soil? And that's the reason why. More eyes, more fans, more opportunities for NXT UK to leverage that. Just unfortunate that the leveraging week happened with the technical difficulties that Peacock had in the United States. But that said, Walzer and Dragunov always beat the hell out of each other. And this was no difference. We said the over-under of chops was 23. It was well over. Uh, didn't expect Walter to tap. Quite like the way he did, very decisively, if you say, if I say so myself, but definitely a good showing. Uh, Walter Dragunov 2 gave us a lot of what we liked of Walter Dragunov 1, but something a little different, especially the environment, CWC, a live crowd or a partially live crowd, and a different commentary team. For my dollar, though, I liked the first one, despite the result. I felt that it was more time to breathe. It was treated as the main event as it should be because it truly truly stole the show but i understand for a takeover that didn't look as strong on paper that it was united kingdom brand that came through and on this week's episode of nxc uk you had Dragonoff saying a few words and even though long live the czar seems very antagonistic heelish if you will i'm all for it i'm all for it. a fresh change i like walter but what made walter cool was that he was the kingpin of this group that can also beat your butt in Imperium. and with alexander wolf uh, getting released and marcel Barthel and fabian eichner 
basically regulated to middle threat status. It didn't have the same mystique and appeal. And the COVID break of 2020 was starting to look like an asterisk on Walter's reign. So I'm glad of the result. Again, I, I would not have predicted Walter to be tapped so handily. So this week on NXT UK, the whole shebang started off with Ava Valkyrie taking on Ginny. And I like Ava Valkyrie. I like her a lot. I do think there's a piece of her missing. And thankfully, Ginny brought that out. Ava Valkyrie has a size. She's a heavyweight in this division, maybe second to only Danny Luna in total weight, maybe. But she has a little bit of an appeal. Uh, definitely has a very unique look, very toyetic, as they say. Uh, but I really felt that the, the mysterious mystique of not saying much or just posing won't work on NXT UK's brand, especially now where people like Blade, Blair Davenport have a microphone or even Isla Dawn is going even more into that direction and, and embracing a character. It did seem that Ava Valkyrie was more surface level, but that changed with a very brutal match against Jenny this week. And Jenny, uh, whether or not she should have been NXT UK Women's Champion is another issue entirely, but she showed out. She showed she can go a little bit rougher. I won't say hardcore. I mean, this wasn't uh, a death match by any means, but she really proves that to go anywhere in that division, you have to go through Jenny Sandu, and that slam she took on her head on their chair is enough for a raise. I'm not sure if they get paid by the move, but if they did... That's something I would totally uh, add the bonus check <laughs> next week. It was a hard-hitting match, and I want to see more of what Ava Valkyrie can do if given the ball, given the opportunity. They gave her some losses this year. I mean, I guess that may seem like a, a step back, but it's actually more credible now than having someone who's undefeated going against a champion. And that doesn't quite work if we're not fully on board, but now I'm fully on board, and I wish to see more. Elsewhere, the Heritage Cup tournament rolls on. This time, Kenny Williams, who is a self-proclaimed scumbag, took on Oliver Carter. Oliver Carter is a great talent. You guys know me. If you guys are, are avid listeners to the show, you know that Ashton Smith is my favorite wrestler on that brand. Uh, it, unfortunately, even though Ashton Smith wasn't in the tournament, I asked him on Twitter. I said, yo, Ashton. I didn't say it like that. I was like, it just pains me to see that Ashton Carter is uh, not in the tournament. And he said, hey, sorry, Ashton Smith is not in the tournament. And he said, hey, look, uh, Oliver Carter won the won the rock, paper, set of the Rochambeau. So he got the nod. And I said, yeah, it's ironclad. I totally get it. The match itself was pretty solid. It, it felt like a little bit of going through the motions. And sometimes like it felt like two talents were having a match as opposed to fighting for the United Kingdom heritage. But there are a lot of things to take away from here. Despite the loss, Oliver Carter got some time to shine on his own. That has been my main criticism of, of Carter and Smith. It's it's I wasn't sure if these were a tag team, legitimately a cohesive tag team, or they were a super group a la British Strong Style that were two singles guys that were bring together who can go as a tag team like Tyler Bate or Trent Seven, or we just guys are kind of lost in the shuffle. And it seemed that that was the latter. But here's a chance to show the world what Oliver Carter can do on his own. If Ashton were to break off and go for the Heritage Cup himself or the NXT title himself, something I've been wishing and hoping for, it wouldn't be a situation of like a Shawn Michaels and Marta Janity sort of thing. I think Oliver Carter can pretty much handle his own and show that today or this week on NXT UK. As far as Kenny Williams, I like it, man. I like the fact he's a scumbag and owns it. Not many people do that uh, in, in acting and in, in movies now. It's considered like mustache twirling where you say, I'm evil, get used to it. But someone has to do it. And I'm glad someone who is by appearance beatable 
in Kenny Williams, but he just finds a way to win. He's just that crafty. And so I'm looking forward to see if he'll go on the tournament. Uh, my broadcast colleague, Jack Farmer, still has slam Sam Gradwell winning the whole thing. But to me, Nathan Frazier's my pick. Let's see where it goes from there. And our last match of the evening was that knockout or submission match. Rampage Brown against Joe Coffey. And even though for the longest time, Joe Coffey seemed to be the presumptive number one contender, Rampage Brown is the one that got the win today. And it's hard to say surprising because these two guys are hosses. just full of meat and hair. They're just slapping each other, slamming each other. But Gallus, for the long time, were on top. Gallus boys on top. But what happened over the past six months? The tag team titles are around the waist of pretty deadly side play check. And Joe Coffey's still a formidable opponent, isn't quite as sharp as he has been. People say in soccer or football that he's not quite in form. And all take was a split second. And even though this looked like a barroom brawl, I love the fact the walls were blacked out. It had this unsanctioned feel. The NXT UK referee changed his shirt. It was all black. Everything. It was a monster clash. But Rampage Brown can't call it an upset because he's just a guy that could probably beat people up for fun. Gets to win. And it's hard to see where that stands now because both Coffee and Rampage Brown having lost against Walter, the former NXT UK champion, with Dragunov now on top, I wonder who would be the first one to get a crack on it. I would have to assume Rampage, unless there's somebody else I'm completely missing. And speaking of being missed, Nina Samuels, I mean, doing the Lord's work, this comedy all over, just walking into this gal's office looking for a challenge. I know Jack Farmer would probably love this, but Sid had other plans saying, okay, we're going to put you against Blair Davenport. And I said, Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Nina, because she is a star. Uh, but no disrespect to Noam Dar, Blair Davenport is a supernova. And also the women's division, Mako Salmon Moore and Amelia McKenzie out there training, handling their business. And Amel was like, look, Mako, I want you again. Because frankly, she understands that the trend here in, in NXT UK is that you go and get the champion once and lose a second time you win. Uh, but Amelia McKenzie gets to be the roadblock in front of uh, Mako, which makes you wonder whether or not Mako was being very heelish in her teaching methods. But I'm looking forward to Amelia McKenzie versus Mel. I do think this is really a chance for Amel to start over. I know it seemed kind of out of nowhere having Amel attack Zaya Brookside and going for the NXT UK Women's Championship and losing, but this may be a start of her build. Unfortunately, we have to be at the expense of Amelia McKenzie, but as they say in the business, she's young, she has some time. And that's this week's recap of NXT UK. Thank you so much for bearing with us uh, here on Draped and Gold. This is supposed to be, this is going to be episode 52. This is our one-year anniversary. And I could not have predicted the way it was going to go down. I had plans and games, and Jack and I were going to have a lot of fun and, and do something special for the occasion. But with Peacock not airing NXT UK in time in the United States, we couldn't do the show as scheduled. We'll be back here next week with more United Kingdom fun. In the meantime, check out drapedingold.com. Drapedingold.com for more information about the show. You can leave us a message. You can answer your questions on air. But until next time, my name is Flobo Boyce. You can check me out at Flobo Boyce on Twitter or at flobito.com. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O dot com.